Welcome back to Chicago Tomahawk. I'm Mike. I got my line mate Matt with me. And today we've got Dave McCarthy as our guest. Dave, how are you doing, man? I'm doing better than I can ask for, boys. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Uh, Dave is on the uh, Sirius XM NHL radio, and we're going to have a conversation about the Hawks and the NHL in general. So, Dave, we're going to get right into the uh, dragon's mouth here. How do you think the Hawks did during this offseason? Good. I mean, (laughs) you go out and you get a Vesna Trophy winner and a guy that's capable of winning the Norris Trophy uh, every time he shows up to the rink in October, uh, I'd say that's pretty darn good. So, um, uh, you know, uh, put it this way, what's happened on the ice in terms of of that type of movement, uh, A-plus on the part of Stan Bowman, bringing in uh, Marc-Andre Fleury and Seth Jones. And, you know, look, uh, Chicago, I, I don't feel bad for you guys. I really don't because you've won three Stanley Cups in what, five, six years? <laughs> yeah. Um, a, a decade or so ago. Uh, that's pretty good. There's a lot, of, a lot of fan bases that would kill for that kind of success. So when, uh, when you end up having that type of success, guys end up costing a lot of money and then you go through a little bit of a lean period of time. There's teams like, oh, I don't know, the Toronto Maple Leafs that are already uh, paying the guys a ton of money like they've won three Stanley Cups, but they haven't won a playoff round yet. And you get the feeling in these parts that they're they're running toward uh, the end of their window already, simply because the cap isn't rising and they're having to let pieces walk out the door that were big parts of their team uh, for absolutely nothing, and they don't have the money to replace them. So um, that's what Chicago went through, essentially, after they won their Stanley Cup. But uh, there's cups three times. Uh, let's be let's be clear here. Uh, but to come in and 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 add uh, Flurry, you know, it, to me he's got one year left on his deal. If he can play even at like 85% of what he was at last year, he's going to be a significant upgrade uh, upgrade between the pipes. Seth Jones is a guy that can go out for 30 minutes. Um, you can leave a suit on under his pads and not have to take a shower after the game. You know, the guy just eats minutes. He can play in all facets of the game. He's mean, tough, nasty, physical. He's everything that a one in a number one defenseman. I know some analyticians don't seem to think his, his underlying numbers are very good. Okay, but like I'm telling you, when you watch the guy, uh, there would be a, a lineup of 31 other teams trying to get this guy. So he's going to help on the back end a lot. Huge upgrade on Duncan Keith for where he was at this point in his career. Um, and then, you know, the other thing is, hopefully, you're going to get Jonathan Taves back um, after he was unavailable all last year. If he can get back to any kind of, of, of close semblance of Jonathan Taves, that's going to be like uh, another acquisition. Kirby Dock missed most of the year last year. Um, that was a guy that was penciled in as their probably number two center at the beginning of last year. So, you know, for all intents and purposes, that's an acquisition. You're, you're getting like four parts here to this team that you really didn't have last year. And the team in and of itself, what you did have was pretty darn good for like 75% of the year until they just ultimately ran out of steam. Um, so with, with the, with the moves that they've made, it's going to be tough in that division to make the playoffs, but they've certainly put themselves in a position, I think, to play meaningful games down the stretch and to contend. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. You know, there's a lot of people, like you said, the, the anal- analyticians. Analyticians. <laughs> anal- analyticians. Is that derogatory? Do we no. take that the wrong way? No. Is it implied I don't, as, as much? I don't Sometimes. think so. <laughs> it might be. 
they uh you know there there's people on the completely other side of the the fence on this you know they're like Seth Jones is not a a number one defenseman he's not a you know a great player now uh, granted yeah he did have an off season in in uh, Columbus but I don't think that you could really use the analytics on all players you know by judging on what type of player they are you know and Seth Jones is one of them because he does so much. Um, with the puck away from the puck in in his own in his own zone, uh, another uh, pick another piece that we put together on the defense this year is a Jake McCabe that I think is going to be a great complementary piece to Seth Jones because his game is uh, on the other side. He's completely different. What do you think about uh, Jake McCabe? Oh, I, I like that addition too, and a guy that came out of the system in Buffalo, where like it's funny any time. And, like, this isn't meant with disrespect, but it's just honestly the facts. Anybody who's come out of Buffalo in the last uh, couple of years, three years, four years, you come out of that, 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 that system, that, that organization, like, with this muck on your reputation because nobody looks any good in Buffalo. Um, but look what happened to Taylor Hall as soon as he got put into a system where there was some structure... Uh, he wasn't expected to be the guy and run all over the ice and do everything. It's, look, we just needed to be a good, solid winger in our, our second line. And he, he, he played really well in Boston. Um, and I think Jake McCabe, it will leave it, they, they took a flyer on Linus Solmark as well in Boston as well. A goalie that everybody thinks is no good. But when you look at his stats, um, really good. just yeah. you know, ter- goaltending, uh, you know, really good. And goaltending... Uh, analytics are one that I actually do kind of pay attention to because the way you break down high danger chances and all that, his statistics in a lot of those categories are quite good. It's just that um, he was caved in every night because nothing was happening in front of him. So they took a fly around him in Boston. I think Jake McCabe's going to be a similar guy. Like in, in Buffalo, it was like, okay, what is his role? That wasn't clearly defined. Um, they were asked. Asking him to do too much. He's not a number one defenseman. But if you slot him in behind Seth Jones, you define his role, um, you say, here's, here's what we need you to do, just execute that. I think he can do that. He's, he's pretty quick. He's got a bit of, a, a bit of an element of, of, of nastiness to him. Um, he moves the puck quite effectively. Uh, I, I think he's going to be a, a really good addition uh, to that blue line along with Seth Jones. So I think it was a shrewd pickup on the part of, uh, of the Blackhawks bringing him into the fold. Who is your favorite Hawks player going into this season? Uh, I don't know. Define favorite. like Just say, like, I, this is the guy I'm really looking forward to seeing this guy play. Okay, I yeah. I always like watching this guy. Uh, yeah. Um, just trying to think here. Like Kirby Doc is a guy that there seems like there's all kinds of potential potential there like to me he really projects as a Ryan Getzlaff type of player um he's not the the fastest guy that you've ever seen but he seems to control the game he he at his best he seems to be able to bring the game down to his speed and that's what Ryan Getzlaff did uh really really well so I I think he's a guy that has the potential to grow into a really, really good player. I think he's just scratching the surface of what he's going to be capable of doing. And I think ultimately, sooner rather than later, he's going to grow into the, the role in Chicago where he's the number one center 
as as Jonathan Taves slips into more of a, a supporting role. Up the lineup still, but but more of a supporting role. And I think that'll benefit Jonathan as well. Um, you know, providing he gets back in the lineup. But if, if Kirby Daw can become that guy and take on some heavy minutes, uh, be an effective guy in the face-off circle, um, you know, score a little bit, but but create, be responsible. I think he's got all of those attributes in his game. And again, we really haven't seen much from him because of the fact that he endured that injury in, at the World Juniors last year. And it really, yeah. really uh, put his season uh, behind the eight ball before it started. But um, I just think he's got so much potential. And then uh, sort of his, his temperament as well. Like, I don't know if you've really taught talk to the guy or listen to him talk all that much that guy's just a beauty like honest to god he is a beauty he's got confidence of a guy who's been in the league for 10 years and uh and, and he's uh you know what has he been in the league for a, a year or two um that that projects really well it's it's not a cockiness it's a confidence of, of he knows how good he can be and i think we're going to start to see it this year in chicago Okay, uh, Dave, uh, what do you think about the playoff chances here? I know the Central Division is still going to be tough, even with the realignments and everything going back to normal. I Do you see him being a last wild card spot? Well, um, put it this way. I think the good thing is that in the Western Conference, the Pacific Division, to me, doesn't impress me all that much. Same here. Um, yeah. Right? Like, Vegas, I think, is going to be in. Edmonton... They should be in based on the moves they maybe made. Maybe Vancouver. Maybe yeah. right, like if if Elias Patterson can can be healthy and can get back to the level that he was at a couple years or so ago, and Brock Besser can can be good, and Connor Garland can can uh, slot in, and and Ekman Larson looks good on the line in Hughes, and they can get a stop from Thatcher Demko. Maybe, but there's a lot of hope there right now. I I, I wouldn't be. Uh, confident going in. I'm more confident than, than I was uh, last offseason where I thought they, they weakened their team, letting Markstrom go out the door and letting Tyler Toffoli go out the door and letting Chris Tanev go out the door. Uh, you know, they went to the second round against Vegas in the bubble and, you know, the prevailing sentiment was, oh, look, they went to the second round. And they, yeah. yeah, but they were getting caved in every game and Thatcher Demko was making 50 saves a night. Yeah, and that you know, good, that, but they weren't really in that series. Let's, let's not kid ourselves here. And then their team got weaker, and it showed last year. I think they made some improvements. Um, so they, they should be in the mix. Calgary, if Daryl Sutter can install his system, uh, they're not going to be a team that's very entertaining to watch. Daryl doesn't care. He's interested in winning games 2-1, to one, and that's what he's going to try and do with the personnel that they've got. They brought in Blake Coleman to play that way, Nikita Zadorov. Those are Daryl Sutter type of players. Um, LA should be in the mix as well, but like honestly, it doesn't really impress me all that much. And I would pick five teams in the central that I think could finish ahead of at least. Um, I'm trying to, I, I know what I'm saying in my head, but it's difficult to articulate it. There's going to be three teams in the, in the Pacific that, that get in just because they're in the top three. After that, I think all five teams in the central division that I think are going to be in the mix could have more points than the fourth place team in the Pacific. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I in other, think the yeah. same. Like right? I got, in other words, in other words, I think two wild cards could come from the, from central. the central. And then that, that uh, bodes well for, for Chicago. Cause I don't know if they're going to be in the top three. 
I think no, they're going to no. have to find their way into a wild card. They could, but I they'd have to prove that to me at this point. They could be in the top three. But the chance that there could be two wild cards, I think, and a real good chance from the Central, um, yeah, I think Chicago's got a chance for sure. Well, yeah, I got I got Colorado obviously finishing first. Probably St. Louis and the Jets won uh, the two, three spots. And probably Minnesota. Hopefully they could figure out Kirill over there in Russia. And uh, I, I think the Hawks could take that second spot, hopefully. Did you see that video of Kirill Kaprizov over there in Russia? Yes, right I did. Now? Yeah, I did. Oh, my word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is as Russian as I've ever seen. Yep, yep. <laughs> Running around with on the tire turf, in the rain. On that turf, yeah. <laughs> like the sport court in the middle of a, a relatively unkempt lawn with, like, a sand track <laughs> with more weedy lawn yeah. and, like, what looked like someone's yard. But then there was kind of like some corporate signage and a structure. Yeah. Like, I don't just, know what was going on there. Like, kind of a kitty jungle gym. There was a basketball hoop, I think, I spotted. We, we just it, needed two guards. Look. Two guards yeah. with AKs. That would yeah. be perfect. That was an yeah. interesting look. It's yeah. probably the park no, right, outside you, think, of, right outside of <laughs> Gulag somewhere. It was an interesting look. But I, I'm with you. I think if, if, if they can get him uh, sorted out, I think Minnesota had a really good uh, season last year. I think they strengthened their team a little bit as well. Um, so I, I, I sort of see that, that working itself out as the top three. And then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if Chicago can keep themselves in the mix, but they've certainly put themselves in a position, uh, to contend, uh, much more than they had a year ago when I thought quite frankly, they were going to be a bottom five team, uh, when the puck dropped in January. But, um, but now, now I, I look at them as a team that has an opportunity to, to at least surprise some people. Yeah. I said the same thing. I, I bet with Mike. I, I thought Detroit would finish higher than the Hawks, and uh, I think Lincoln actually yep. saved them a little bit. Like It was very lucky because Subban and Delio just weren't having it. They weren't feeling it this season. And oh, Lincoln wasn't was a rookie out. without any support yep. from the defense or his, uh, or his uh, goaltending partner. Yep. So, Dave... The Blackhawks last year, their number one starting lineup, day one, their number one center was Dylan Strom. And their center position has gotten stronger. As we mentioned, as we mentioned prior, with Jonathan Taves coming back, a healthy Kirby Doc coming back, because he was rushed back last year after his, uh, after his wrist surgery, and he was having some issues from his wrist during the season. And uh, I thought it was a bad idea to bring him back. They should have just let him. They should have just let him sit. And uh, with the addition of Tyler Johnson, I think that that's pretty big because a lot of people are saying that he should play on the third line, but I think that he should play on the second line with uh, Debrinkit and um, and Kaner because uh, he, he could play that skilled game. He could shoot. He could pass. And I think that he would uh, fit in well, and he could he could win faceoffs, which is huge um, with the possession game, especially with Patrick Kane. Because you want to, uh, you want him to have the puck as as much as possible. Who, how do you think Tyler Johnson fits into fits into this team? Yeah, I mean, there's a guy we didn't even mention, right? And yep, yep. Uh, this is a guy because uh, they made so many changes. You start to uh, blank at times with uh, with the amount of activity that Chicago's undergone. But you know, for real, like Tyler Johnson is a guy that played up the lineup in Tampa Bay for a lot of years. 
um, until John Cooper went to him and said, look, I need you to play in a different role. And credit to Tyler Johnson, he embraced that. Uh, and he took it on as a professional, and he was still really effective playing down their lineup. But I think he's going to get an opportunity uh, to take on a few more minutes in Chicago, similar to the role that he was in, in Tampa Bay, like in, what, I don't know, 2015, 16, that, that sort of era. Um, and I, I, I'm with you. Like, I think if, if you could put him with, with Kane and Debrinkit, that that's a pretty good-looking line because you want them worrying about scoring goals. You don't want them worrying about uh, going up against the other team's top line. It's all about identifying skill sets to me and how can I maximize um, a particular player's skill set. Just because the guy's not the most defensively conscious guy, okay, that's fine. Not everybody is. But uh, if he can shoot it in the net 40 times a year, well, I can find a, I can find a place on, on my team for that guy too. And I think that's, that's sort of Debrinkit and, and, um, and Tyler Johnson and Patrick Kane. So if you can put that line together, I think they complement each other well. Johnson, as you said, he's an effect face-off guy. That, that was his role down in Tampa, uh, down the lineup. Um, he's a great distributor. Uh, he can score a little bit as well, but he can get the puck to Patrick Kane. He can get the puck to Debrinkit, and then those guys can do their thing. And if you, if you use them, if Jeremy Colton uses them in a matchup where um, he's getting them out on the ice, away from the other team's checking line, um, then, then they'll be in, I think, really good shape. Um, you don't have to burden them with trying to shut down, you know, the, the McKinnons or the, uh, you know, uh, McDavid's of the world. You can, uh, you can turn to, you know, maybe Jonathan Taves for that type of a role who's much more defensively conscious. Let those guys play in an offensive situation, start them all the time in the offensive zone, and I think they'd have a, a an opportunity to be a pretty dangerous line. Yeah, I, I agree 100. percent I I honestly believe that Taves still has some offensive production that he could do. Oh, but sure he does. Within like the next two years, I see him, I see him going down to instead of being a uh, a top line center that is you know defensive conscious and has some has some small offensive upside to being a maybe even a, a third line center that um, that has huge ups, uh, defensive upside and he doesn't have to yep. worry about the, the full, offensive full side. Full Dave game. Boland. A full yeah, Dave, oh, Davey yeah. Boland. Well, he, yeah, he, yep, he would, yeah, he would be, he would go full Dave Boland mode, uh, but with, <laughs> Good. with much bigger with ups, off, yeah. uh, offensive upside. I'm oh, absolutely man. fine with that one. Dave Boland is an absolute beautician as well. Funny story, I play ball hockey on Monday nights with his brother, if you can believe it. Oh, wow. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we have known, known them for a long, long time. They grew up just down the uh, street uh, from where I am. Um, but Dave Boland's a beauty. But you're right. Like, I don't know how, go- how old you guys are, but uh, the example that I have in mind, uh, do you recall Steve Eiserman at the end of his career in Detroit? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Right, I remember. Okay, so I recall he, Steve Eisman at the beginning of his, uh, at the okay. beginning of his career with Detroit. Okay, so there you go. So you know he was a guy that was a hundred point a year guy, but then by the end of it, he was that third line shutdown center, and it was it was Pavel Datsuk doing the scoring, and it was uh, Henrik Zetterberg and uh, Johan Franz and all those guys, and Steve Eisman really slid down the lineup. And, and, and extended his career probably three or four more years. And I see Jonathan Taves taking a very similar trajectory in his career. 
once this contract is up, like I think they'd like to have him remain in Chicago. He's probably not going to get 10 and change, but, um, you know, potentially could, uh, could, could, the, could the Philippe Deneau contract be there for, for Jonathan Taves in a couple of years, like another five or six years, because he'll be, what, 32 when the contract is done, another five or six years at five, five and a half, um, and play in that third-line role and help support the younger guys as they come up. Um, I, I could see a fit like that for sure in Chicago. One, um, you're not eating up all of the money anymore, so there's room to round out the team around the edges. Um, two, you're, you're supporting the younger guys who are coming in, and, and their skill is to score. Uh, you can take the responsibility defensively off their shoulders. Um, you know, and then three, I think he could be a really good defensive center. So that's sort of how I see John and Taves' career trajectory going. The question is, is he, is he willing to go into that type of a role? I think he probably would be because I think he's interested in winning. And, you know, at this point, he's made his money. He's got his cups. Man, why not try and add a fourth uh, to your resume? So that's kind of how I see uh, John and Taves' career trajectory uh, heading over the next, uh, you know, five or six years. Matt laughs at me, but I think that Kane and Taves are going to walk away with five when it's all said and done. Um, <laughs> five? Yeah. Wow. I, I would like one more for sure. I, I, I just Greedy don't, you people. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. We'll I, take I, one up here in Toronto. <laughs> are, are you in uh, Mimico? I am. I'm not in Mimico, but if I turn my head to the left, which is what I'm doing right now, and I look way off into the distance, Mimico's about 10 minutes down the road oh sweet sweet well dave oh. we really appreciate you coming on man uh i know you're you got a busy busy day tomorrow we don't want to keep you any longer but um once again man uh thank you for coming on we really appreciate it uh thank you for your time and we'd love to have you on again yeah you're welcome guys it was fun being on anytime you have my number pick up the phone be happy to join you guys awesome yeah, keep up the good work man i love listening every morning matt from chicago listening at 4 30 a.m central time <laughs> <laughs> i'll right, tell you what you you're the best of us for being able to get up uh, and be a coherent individual at that yeah. time of the morning I'm, <laughs> I'm a zombie around right now though so that's yeah, fine. no, yeah. I, I know what you're saying. Hey, yep. so am I, and I'm no, I still got three hours of sleep on you there. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody, that's all that we got for you. This is Tomahawk. We're out of here.